Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap pod for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Back at it again. Two nights in a row. Greg, what up? Yeah, back at it again. Better, a uh, much smoother start today, Rick. So <laughs> yes, that was great. We're you. off to we're off on the right foot. You know, we've probably done, I don't know, a couple hundred of these. And uh, I had a little balk last night, but we were able to we were able to figure uh, it out. And, you know, that could be expected, right? Yeah, I blame it on technology. Certainly not my fault at all. Look, your percentages <laughs> are, are on fire. Uh, I'm, I've got a good batting average. And speaking of batting averages, there's a new podcast joining the CBS Sports family. And for years, it's Fantasy Baseball Today that has been delivering league winning analysis and advice as part of the CBS Sports Podcasting Network. But now... The team is coming at you fast with a brand new feed. And don't worry, the old one will stay the same. And it's Fantasy Baseball Today in 5 podcast. It's your audio outlet for fantasy news and advice in five minutes or fewer. It'll feature familiar names like Frank Stample, Scott White, and Chris Towers as they break down what matters most to help you win your league in a quick-hitting format. It's available first thing in the morning, Monday through Friday. Download and subscribe to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, your smart speakers, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Greg, the leaderboard, looking good still. We are we are two rounds in. We're 36 holes in, and uh, Bay Hill it claimed some victims on Friday, but also there were some pretty low scores out there. So all in all, before we jump into the leaderboard, this course doing everything we expected it to. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen over the weekend. Uh, today, there was very little wind, but still the setup is uh, it's challenging. You miss fairways, you get pe- you get penalized. Uh, the ball is moving when it gets on the green, which is really fun to watch. And there's uh, there's there's plenty of water out there that we're, we're not missing any of, any in that department. So it, it's been really fun to see, um, and I, I can't wait to see what the what the weather brings. There's some storms expected. Are we going to get rain? Is that going to soften it up? But the winds also also supposed to pick up. So Florida is the weather in Florida is so interesting because you can get heavy rain really quick and it can dry out really quick too. So I, I don't know what we're going to get through the weekend. I'm expecting maybe higher winds, but I don't think the course is going to get as firm as last year. What, what are you thinking about the course, Rick? No, I, I don't think it can get as firm, especially if we get the rain that they're kind of expecting here. And the winds, the winds are going to make it interesting though, assuming they come through. I mean, the other thing about Florida weather is I feel like it can change in an instant and you never really yeah. know what you're going to get. So uh, we'll see, because you could certainly be on the wrong end of uh, of a draw here. But Corey Connors, through 18 holes, was tied for the lead. Through 36, he's got the solo lead. I thought this was a very impressive 69 that he shot on Friday because, as we know, Greg, it's difficult to follow up a really good round with another good one, and he is just leaning heavy on the approach game, and he's doing the one magical thing for Corey Connors, which is rolling in putts. He's gained over four strokes on the field. Uh, that is a deadly combination if you're a, a good a Wow, if you are as good of a ball striker as Corey Connors is. Yeah, and even when, the, I mean, there were some tough moments for him today, and and he definitely missed his fair share. He had 10 greens. 
Um, yep. he, but he's still, because of yesterday's performance, he's still, uh, well, I guess he's in second total for the week now. But um, today wasn't quite as good with the approach game, but he was able to save it almost every time. I mean, seven of eight and scrambling. Um, and he is gaining around the green. So he's doing the things that he struggles with on a regular basis very well. And that's exactly why you're seeing him on top of the leaderboard. A somewhat familiar name at Bay Hill. I'll get to a bigger one in a second, but Party Marty Laird in solo second, thanks to a Friday 67. He won this event in 2011. He talked in his post-round interview uh, about the good vibes that he has here and and almost to a man, Greg, and Laird said it as well. He said it's all about the, it's all about the driver. It's all about getting in, in the position off the tee. We heard that a lot in post-round interviews over the course of the first two days. Martin Laird has injected himself back onto the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, and he and he hit a lot of fairways today. He hit 10 of 14 fairways, which uh was really nice for him. It gives you a lot of opportunities. It, it's not like the rough is um is so thick where you can't advance the ball you can advance it It, it's not like some u.s opens that we've seen but it becomes really difficult to stop the ball on the green and that's where the line when you're going to score is so um is so interesting because if you're in the fairway you can stop it near some of these hole locations it's still bouncing a little bit but when you get into the rough it seems to be running through if if you even get it to the green so um giving himself that many opportunities with some great driving allowed him to hit 15 of 18 greens which was very helpful for him and when you only have to scramble you know three times, two, three, four (laughs) times out there. It's a big advantage. So it it makes the round a lot less stressful. And that's what we saw out of, um, as as Jacob says, the ultimate popper. I I was just going to give Jacob credit for that. Before we went hot, producer Jacob correctly identified Martin Laird as the ultimate popper for uh, winning Shriner. He either wins or misses the cut. This guy's unbelievable. So uh, I guess maybe he wins this week. It's over. Shut it down. We don't have to go any further. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he he definitely has done it when he's got the opportunity. Four wins uh, on, on the PGA Tour in his career. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He's a, he's a really good driver of the ball. What I what I do think is going to happen, Rick. I, I foresee the winner of this event having a great driving performance down the stretch. And if it's maybe if it's a Rory or a Bryson or someone like that, we may see or or Jordan. Jeez, we may see something different. But I, I kind of think. You may see somebody hit 13 of 14 fairways or, or 12 of 14 fairways uh, both days over the weekend, and they're just going to give themselves a lot of opportunities. Well, one of those candidates to do just that is Victor Hovland, who followed up his Thursday 69 with a Friday 68. He's going to be two shots back. He's seven under par. We've got a Justin Ray stat here. So Victor Hovland has 37 birdies or better in his last six rounds after the seven birdies he made today on Friday. That's 34% of the holes he has played in that span. Uh, I'm I'm no math major, Greg, but if you birdie or better 34% of your holes on the PGA tour, you are going to find a heck of a lot of success. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, that's exactly what he does. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just awesome to watch. He's so aggressive. He hits it at all the flags all the time. It's, It's awesome. And he should, because he knows. And, and so um, he was talking, I, he- I heard an interview from him yesterday, earlier this morning, I was listening to it. And he was talking about his work with his coach, Jeff Smith, who is a stats guy, just like he's a stats guy. And so they have this kind of relationship where they're looking at numbers and it gives mm-hmm. you, it gives you the freedom to go out there and play aggressive when you know that the numbers back it up. It doesn't feel like a, 
I'm making a bad decision here. It, it, it gives you freedom to play aggressive. Okay, I want to hit it at that flag. And yeah, the numbers say I should hit it at that flag or I should hit driver here. Uh, it's a good thing to hit driver here. So I'm going to, and, and it, it, it breeds confidence. And that's exactly what you're seeing out of Victor Hovland. The guy's on fire. And then Rick, what we talked about yesterday, and this is my favorite element of him and why I think this streak can continue he has the short game right now to back it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 18th around the green today, 20th in putting. And this is a guy who's notoriously bad around the greens. And he's quite good now. So, I mean, maybe good is a – he's adequate. And right. you don't fear the – you don't fear like he's going to scull it into the lake behind the green, the data lake. So <laughs> – the data lake, which is quite sizable, I hope. The data lake. Yeah, it, it is funny. I mean, uh, Victor Hovland, and, and I think I heard either the same interview that you did or another one where he's, they're they're all in on, on strokes gate. You know, it, it is yeah. not rubbish. They, he is a PGA Tour player using it. I, I mean, they're all in on it. He knows his stats, and he's working on everything he can to improve them. Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy had a share of the 18-hole lead. He's going to start the weekend two shots back of Corey Connors after firing a 71 on Friday. The putter cooperating in a big way for Rory. Still a bit weird, a bit awkward with the uh, with the approach game. We saw him on number six take an unbelievably aggressive line, uh, miss the green with like a wedge in his hand. Now, I think he mentioned that he might have had mud on his ball, but like that's the stuff where you're, where you're Rory. We got a seaweed drop there. Producer Jacob yeah, can't even can't ball. even wait. There's mud ball, the wrong one. There we <laughs> okay, go. Okay, that's the one. <laughs> where Bob, I was wondering where he was going with that. I'm like, Siwoo, like withdrew from this event. I'm not sure what's happening here. I gotta do a better uh, job listening. But Rory, Rory still hampered by his approach game. And I I guess that is obviously that's obviously a negative, but the positive is he's gonna enter the weekend just two shots back. Right. And that's a scary sight if you're Corey Connors. If you're Martin Laird, you have Rory McElroy right there hanging on and he's putting great. So uh, I get the weakness for Rory McElroy has been the putting. I know, Rick, we've talked about the approach game struggling, but he's putting great so far this week. He was third in round one. He was 18th in round two. He's first for the week in strokes game putting. And let me say that again. Rory McIlroy is first for the week in strokes game putting. That is Hmm. something to be feared. Uh, But I looked at, I thought the difficulty today kind of came from off the tee. He was missing some out to the right. And, um, and and that can happen to Rory where he gets a, a little bit of a case of the blocks going. Good news is I think that's recoverable for a guy like him. One, I think he can fix it and I think he can have a better driving weekend. Um, but two, when he does that, I think that will help his iron game. See, when Rory misses out to the right, Rick, his he gets his club a little bit underneath too much. He starts coming too much from the inside. Mm. And that also has a negative effect on iron play and wedge play. So as he gets as he starts to work a little more on top of it, which I thought watching him yesterday, he was he was a little more on top of it than he was today. When he does that, you're gonna see a much better uh iron iron play as well. To add a little bit of statistical context, uh, Justin Ray notes that Rory McIlroy has led a PGA Tour event in strokes gained putting once over the course of an entire week. It was his win here at Bay Hill in 2018. So not only uh, does he know these greens, does he like them, but uh, might be a little bit of symmetry come Sunday evening. And that gets back to what we said about those Florida greens, right? They're a little bit... They're a little easier. Rory Rory is definitely more comfortable on him, but they're not as slopey. So I think that really helps him here. 
Bryson DeChambeau. We've got to talk about Bryson. He shoots a one under 71, same score as Rory on Friday. He's six under par, so he's going to be three shots back. But everyone tuned in for when he stepped up to the tee box on number six, the par five. Greg, and I want to get your take on this because uh, I tweeted this out earlier today and people either seem to love this take or hate this take. So let's see where you stand on it. I think Bryson cares most about the illusion of being able to drive a par five. Now, if he actually tries it and can't do it, that illusion is shattered. It's bad for the brand. So I don't think under almost any circumstance, we will see Bryson attempt to drive the sixth green. I I find it kind of hard to say that it's a good idea. Right. I, I don't think it's a good idea. So I'm very, I'm very, very confused on this because what I know about Bryson, this whole distance thing uh, was for a purpose. Right? It's like what we talked about with, with Victor Hovland. They know what they, he, he basically figured out mathematically what the formula was to success and, and to improve and what he needed to do. He needed to get longer. So we went into the gym and things got a little crazy there, but, but he figured out how, what he needed to do. And then he figured out how to do it. And everything that he does along the way is extremely, uh, um, it, it is to the point. There's a reason for it. There's a, a statistical, a numbers reason for everything he does. And for me to think that he would go for that green, he would have to have a reason and a really good one to say, yeah, it's worth it. But what he says and the way he speaks, it seems like your point, Rick, it seems like he wants you to think that he can go for it. <laughs> and he's like pulling an iron out of the bag, like joking with the fans uh, and that's the he's thing. stirring it up, right? That's the thing. I've never seen a guy step onto a tee box and he's looking around. And he's checking the wind and he's throwing his arms up and he's going, well, if it's coming in this way, if it's going out that way, like, you know what I mean? Like he meant, it was almost like a WWE performance when he stepped on the six T box. And then he finally, uh, he sighs and he's got to, he's got to just hit driver and he's got to, you know, move it, move it, take it over to the, to the right and not attempt this thing. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I know. It it's a spectacle to watch. And I think he's playing it up, right? It's like a, it's yes. like Ben Hogan saying he has a secret, just building the mystery. And the secret is just hit balls for 11 hours a day or whatever. Right. I don't, I don't know, right. but there's still mystery going on about that, but that's what he's, that's what he's doing here with number six. And I don't, I'm not, I don't think he's ever going to go for it. Right. Why would you have, if he really came here with the idea that he was going to do that, he has a driver at home that he can do that with easily. Right. Oh, he, if I'm 195, right. I can, I can carry it easily. But I'm at 190 with this driver. It's a little heavier, a little more spin, right? It's at three that. So there's a re yeah, I can't. Oh, it's just because of the driver I have in my bag right. this week. I can't right. do it. But I could definitely do it. Me, don't you forget. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it it's all it seems like a game off the course. I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna do it on the course. I agree with you, Rick. And and for the record, I don't think he should. I, I think I don't there's right. no reason for him to, but I just think that it has turned into this. this it's OB. If you go sport. for that, you're it's a force carry over OB. Yeah. And you're not going to hold the green. So, right. Uh, and you can hit a driver, you can hit a three wood and an iron into the green. You, it should be, you play it the right way. I know he made five today, but it should be a, <laughs> an easy four. Another week, another Jordan Spieth sighting. Jordan Spieth is just four shots back. He's in a tie for seventh heading into the weekend. And Greg, we we didn't have great things to say about Jordan Spieth this week. We were very much concerned about the way his driver would cooperate around Bay Hill, but he's driving it well. 
He's a slight positive yeah. for the week. He's gaining off the tee. This this is the recipe for really, really good Jordan Spieth success that, of course, I did not see coming based on his current 191st ranking in the stat. Right. And you you think that, um, you know, this is the kind of place where boring golf wins, right? The fairway, the green, the chipping away at it that way. That's what wins here. That's what gets it done at, at Bay Hill. Not that Tiger or Rory or any of them are boring players, but it's just, it's the strategy. They're, they've been talking about it with Rory, how Tiger always hit less than driver off the tee here, and it, you you plot your way around. And Jordan is a spray. He, he's been spraying the ball, but not this week. And he's eliminated a single shot. He seems to have eliminated a big miss to the right, which has been hugely beneficial. And I think the key to this comeback, I think it's the number one key to the comeback, is getting rid of that shot um, way right. And all of a sudden, you're seeing a guy who has a great short game. All that stuff can come to life because yes. he's getting it somewhat in play off the tee. The, the up and down on 18 was... Uh, that was s- s- stupid. It was stupid. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, I mean, it was... The- he was he was above the bunker, downhill, out of the rough, on uh, like you know, the whole everything's running away from you. He lands it softly, taps it in for par, moves on on one of the hardest holes on the golf course. It was it was awesome. It had just a little bit of even coming out of the rough, just that little bit of check and then it trickles and it, oh it was, it was gorgeous. My favorite shot I've seen so far this week. And we would be very disingenuous. So here's here's what I think the comp is, right? So when we say if Colin Morikawa was a zero putter, he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments, right? It, it's kind of the same with Speed. If Zeef, if Speed is a zero driver, he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments, right? Because that's the thing that has yeah. kept him in so much trouble. Yeah, he's got to just keep it within the. It, it's not even about fairways. We hit nine of them today, which is a great sign. He's got to keep it within the bunkers, as I say. Like, like you mm-hmm. miss into a fairway bunker or a little bit into the rough. He Jordan Spieth can play. He can figure out how to score. If he's missing into the trees and into the woods here, uh, because oftentimes there's water there as well, that's when it gets problematic for him. So, um, I look. We said it yesterday, Rick. He's the guy that's kind of anti-stat. He can overcome the stat. He's like Patrick Reed playing at Kapalua, where it's a bomber's course, but Patrick Reed can win there because he just knows how to knows how to get it done. Jordan knows how to get it done, so he's back. He's back, baby. Thirty six holes to go. Let's pull up the betting boards. Thanks to our friends over at William Hill, Rory McIlroy, of course, your favorite. He's two shots back. He's three and a half to one. Victor Hovland, same score, but he's four and a half to one. Bryson DeChambeau is three back. He's six to one. And Corey Connors, our leader, one shot clear of the rest of the field, is six and a half to one. So, Greg, those are your single digit golfers. Anything stand out to you before we go to the double digit guys? Uh, well, Victor Hovland, I would stick with him from yesterday. He's still yeah. he's still my guy. I think the improvement in the short game for him and the ability to tee to green is uh, is elite. And I think when he gets in, near the lead on Sunday, he'll continue to be aggressive. And that's what you have to do. There's no back down in him. He's not going to have the just you know slow starting Sunday. He he's going to be aggressive, and you'll know very quickly how that round goes. Yeah, he's absolutely feeling it. And of course, William Hill just closed. They're going to redo the odds on me right now. So I'm refreshing. But I did see guys like, uh, you know, Sung J M, Paul Casey, Justin Rose yeah. and Jordan Spieth kind of in that next chase pack. You know, Sung J arguably hasn't had like the great round yet. He shot 69, 70, kind of the same thing with Paul Casey. I think there could be some noise made from a couple of guys further down the board here. 
Yeah, Song Jay is easy to get behind. Um, all of his success here and in Florida in general, I, I think Sung Jay is a, a nice pick. But Paul Casey is the guy I'm looking at. He hasn't mm-hmm. been driving it very well, right? But he, but he's leading the field in strokes gained approach the green for the week, and he's having a a nice putting tournament it's not great but it's a it's a nice putting tournament and looking at his form coming in he's just been fantastic so I think Paul Casey's going to have a um, an improved weekend of driving of the golf ball and I think he's just going to give himself more birdie looks than anybody else and um, and and I'm not saying I, I think Victor Hovland's going to win this tournament but I think that Paul Casey would be the next guy uh, from that chase pack that I'd go with 16 to 1 for both Sung JM and Paul Casey. So we'll keep an eye on this as everything shapes up over the course of the next couple of days. But uh, I think that'll do it, Kurt. Fun as always, my man. As always. <laughs> who do you like? Uh, th- who, who do you think is going to win? I, I think if you winner, made me put money you. on it, if you if you made me put money on it, um, Hovland's the only guy that I would bet in the singles. Uh, I, I like that at four and a half. I agree. Like we've, we've talked about Rory, you know, struggling on Sundays. V- Victor's got that look, man. And he's got that swag and he's just going to throw darts all week long. Uh, if you want, if you wanted me to go down a little bit further, um, you know, I'm a bit biased on Lonto, 16 to 1. I think this would be a really tough field for Lonto to overcome Rory, Victor, uh, Bryson, Casey. I think it would be, and 16 to 1 is not long enough, but his skill set, the two things that he has, the irons and the putter, long term, you know, it is what it is, but like in the real short term, that's the stuff that gets you scorching hot for a round or two at a time. And if it all falls in place, like he can win a golf tournament like he did at Houston yeah. a few years back. But I thought and 16 to one was a little short great right now. Yeah. Love if he was like 25, I would have, I would have probably bid on it, but that's right. Hey, by the way, great job in your uh, DFS stuff so far this week. Our guys are loaded on top of the board. So shout out. Uh, we've got a sweat there. We've got some sweats uh, yeah. over the course of the next couple of days. So fingers, fingers crossed or holding thumbs, as, as Mark would say. Thank you to producer Jacob for putting all this together. Thank you to Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. 